Section 4 of Sunbeams by George W. Peck Unusual Hunting Experience One of the sporting papers devoted to the interests of those who shoot and fish has asked its readers to write accounts of the most unusual and interesting things that have occurred in their experiences in hunting and fishing, and some of the stories told are very interesting. The editor of Peck's Son had a hunting experience once that probably no other man on earth ever had. In 1865 he was a lieutenant of cavalry, stationed at Laredo, Texas, on the Rio Grande. With fifteen men he made a scout about forty miles up the river, looking for Mexican cattle thieves who were stealing Texas cattle and running them across the river into Mexico. One evening the party camped in a bottom covered with trees on the Rio Grande, and about dusk the lieutenant decided to go in swimming. The writer of this, undressed, laid his loaded carbine on the bank, and jumped into the river. Suddenly a flock of wild turkeys flew upon a tree hanging over the river, and the writer swam out of the water, took the carbine, and walked through the mesquite bushes in undress uniform, and shot five wild turkeys the bodies dropping into the river and floating rapidly downstream toward the gulf a quarter of a mile below was a naked soldier swimming his horse in the river and the naked officer yelled at him to retrieve the turkeys the soldier swam his horse out into the rio grande took the turkeys by the neck and turned his horse ashore and landed the turkeys which were cooked that night and all the scouting party had a feast probably no other man ever shot wild turkeys under the same circumstances and had them retrieved by a naked man on horseback. If there had been Kodaks in those days, and a picture had been taken of the scene, it is more than likely some illustrated paper would, before this, have published to the world a picture of the editor of Peck's son in a new role, shooting as the daylight was fading, with not clothes enough on him to wad the gun he was shooting. THE WOMAN AND THE COCKTAIL New York society is all torn up on the question as to whether women ought to drink cocktails or not. Of course, society ladies are expected to drink something, but heretofore light wines have been considered heavy enough for them, with champagne occasionally. A woman with too much champagne is about the most uncertain thing imaginable. You don't know whether she is going to kick the chandeliers, give a college yell, or lop down on someone's shoulder and be seasick. When a woman is full of champagne, it is peculiar what an effect it has on her. First, she begins to look cross-eyed. Then one eye closes up, and she can't open it without closing the other. Then she gets tongue-tied, and her under lip gets caught in her teeth, and she talks out of one side of her mouth, and laughs at what she says as though it was a joke, which it seldom is. Then her hair begins to get loose, and falls down over her eyes and back of her ears, and when she tries to put it up it never stays where she puts it, and the hairpins begin to fall out, and she looks as though she was coming all to pieces, and wanted someone to hold her together. When someone else is telling a story, the woman with the champagne skate laughs before it is time, and when the others look at her in astonishment, she gets mad and pouts, and when the nub of the story is reached, and the rest laugh, she looks as if she would cry. When the woman with the champagne sufficiency attempts to spear a blue-point lobster, she misses it, and catches a piece of lemon, and eats it, with the queerest expression, as though she thought oysters were pretty sour, and she winks and tries to laugh, until she knocks an oyster-shell off the plate, into her lap, 
and then she looks at the man across the table, with one eye at a time, as though he was to blame for it. She tries to politely sip the soup out of the side of her spoon, but her mouth seems to have gone away somewhere on a visit, and she passes on soup and eats large quantities of salted almonds, because they are dead easy. When the champagne bubbles go to her nose and tickle her, she chokes up and acts as though she had paralysis of the optic nerve, and she lays in to an innocent man at her left who has kindly removed the oyster shell from her lap, and she gives him one look with the eye that has come open that makes him lose his appetite. It is a sight to see the woman with the champagne jag try to cut a gash in a quail by holding her knife between her thumb and forefinger and three or four marquise rings trying to help. She rolls the quail about on the plate, trying to get the dissecting knife into a vital part and pries around to break off a piece of the breast, and just as she is about to tie it loose, the knife slips and the quail lands on the trousers of the man on her right, and she laughs, and he says, Damn! in a falsetto voice, and apologizes to her, and then she looks offended and does not speak to him any more, but eats stuffed olives because they do not have to be carved, and she drinks another glass of wine and wishes the dinner was over, so she could dance and be gay. But the cocktail is the corker. It does not make a woman sick nor stupid, but just puts the very deuce into the light of her eye. With the first swallow of the cocktail, the woman's eyes begin to sparkle and twinkle, and she looks positively dangerous. The lips become scarlet, the skin takes on that hue that makes a man forget that his wife is away down at the other end of the table, busy with another man, and he looks into the eyes of his cocktail friend with the eyes, and when she gets down to the bottom of the glass, and takes the cherry between her thumb and finger, and places it between lips redder than the cherry, and looks at that man once more, the best he can do is to get up from the table and go and get his wife and go home, for if he lingers there is liable to be trouble. The cocktail does not make the woman drunk and sick like the champagne, nor muss her hair and make her cross-eyed, but it makes every drop of blood tingle like your foot was asleep, and touches the button so you can hear the bell ring at the central office. The fire department turns out, and there is a conflagration with no insurance. But it is better to drink soda water. THE DAKOTA DISTRICT ATTORNEY I have just been reading in the morning paper, said a man who clerks in a commission house, as the crowd was playing cinch in the smoking car, that a district attorney out in a Dakota county has given a written opinion that one of the amendments to the Constitution of the United States is unconstitutional. Wouldn't that kill you? What reason did he give? asked the man whose turn it was to deal, as he shuffled the cards and offered the pack to be cut. Was the district attorney a lawyer of eminence, whose opinion was equal to a Supreme Court decision, or just a common dub? Just a common dub, said the man who had started the trouble. Two years ago I was out there shooting chickens, and that fellow drove one of our teams and lifted the dogs in the wagon and watered them. He was studying law then, but he didn't look like a man who was going to destroy the Constitution. He helped on a threshing machine after the shooting season was over, and got quite well acquainted in the farming community, and when he was admitted to the bar by the local judge, who used to sell lightning rods, the people took him up and elected him district attorney. It seems to me as though a fellow ought to be restrained by law from delivering opinions that may bring on revolutions. 
"'Well, that reminds me,' said the old kicker, who had held all the trumps and made all there was to be made, "'that I heard some lawyers in Chicago talking about opinions of district attorneys, and I can recall how they winked at each other when they talked. I never could reconcile myself to understand how the opinion of a cheap lawyer, after he is elected, carries so much weight, when, as a lawyer, before he is elected, his opinion is not worth ten cents.' The best lawyers do not get elected to these positions because they do not pay enough, and some dub, who has got a few friends in a convention, is mentioned, and he is nominated, and then he is elected. Previous to this he was afraid of the cars, and if he had a case in court he would go and ask a lawyer, on the sly, what to do, and he would choke up when addressing a justice of the peace, and blush, and his voice would sound hollow. But after election he begins to look wise, and when a case is talked about, the papers say nothing will be done until the district attorney has rendered an opinion, and lawyers act as though it would be treason to the state to make a move until his nibs has rendered an opinion, and he goes around with his brow corrugated and his eyes fastened on the hereafter, looking wise, and great men who may have to combat that opinion, when rendered, walk as though they had felt slippers on for fear of disturbing him and his office is sacred, and no one passes the door without hushing up all loud conversation. Reporters sit out in the hall on cushioned seats for fear of making a noise, and listen for the sound of the scratching of a pen, and look at each other and say, the opinion is about to be rendered, and all nature takes on an appearance of humidity in the atmosphere, and you can hear the worms eating the leaves of the trees, and the moths at their silent work in your clothes. Then the opinion is rendered, the opinion of a man who, before election, couldn't tell what was trumps in a game of whist without looking at the last card, or asking someone, and he has his opinion published to the world, to the effect that, unless all signs fail, such and such is the case, and the Dakota attorney goes and takes a vacation, while the attorneys who had been walking quietly and keeping still for fear of disturbing the opinionated official, take the case into court and drive a load of hay through it, and toss the opinion up, and kick it when it comes down, and knock the tar out of the opinion of his highness, and when the court decides that the opinion does not amount to a pinch of salt, and a verdict is rendered against the wise man, with costs, he looks at himself in the mirror, furnished by the Dakota County, and says, Well, I'll be and he goes about among his friends explaining how the court is prejudiced, and that the judge doesn't know enough to pound salt, and to wait until the next judicial election, and they won't do a thing to that judge. "'Milwaukee, all off here!' shouts the brakeman, and the crowd begins to hustle to the door, so all can get off first. Buy Metallic Sausage The sun is pained to be informed, on good authority, that parties in this city are making sausage out of horse meat. It is claimed that the horse sausage is shipped abroad, to the east, and to Europe, but the average citizen would not be convinced of such shipping without seeing the bills of lading. It is not possible that the managers of respectable markets will sell the horse sausage, so everybody will not get a taste of horse, but somebody is going to eat it, and all are anxious to know what effect it has on a man. Does the man with a horse sausage jag on show his condition by any outward sign? 
how are people who buy sausage to tell whether the basis of the same is horse or ox? It is a question that interests all, and perhaps it would be well to have new offices created, with good salaries, to investigate the sausage of commerce. If horse sausage is good, such official could certify it, and tag the accused sausage with a picture of a horse. If the son can buy horse sausage, it will detail one of its staff to eat some of it and report. It is hoped that this sausage question will not become a national or an international one, like the money question or the tariff. If it becomes a question of tariff, our people ought to insist that horse sausage shall be for revenue only, and not for protection. If it becomes like the money question, there should be a devil standard or buy meat tallet condition, consisting of beef and pork, sixteen of beef to one of pork, a fixed ratio, without the consent of any other sausage manufacturer. It looks to the sun as though some arrogant and unscrupulous political party was at the bottom of this horse-meat sausage, and was trying to establish a single horse-meat standard, and force it down the throats of the people who were content with the old sausage of our fathers, the Jeffersonian sausage that was good enough until this crime of 1899 was committed, and the good old sausage of a hundred years' service to man, with never a kick from anybody, is being demonetized, and in its place is to be established this horse-meat single standard. If such is the case, it will be bad for the people, for it will be found that the instigators of this sausage crime have got a corner on all the horse-meat in the country, so that only the mints controlled by the wicked political party can coin these yellow horse sausages. The sun may be an alarmist, but it desires to have the people watch out, and see that the sausage they consume is composed of the old stuff that made us a contented and happy people, and that they do not get into their systems, under any disguise, this monopolistic stuff, coined of defunct dray-horse, that will cause those who eat it to kick up and run away and break the whiffle trees. End of section four. Recording by Melora.